0: Welcome to EG's Voice of the Region with me, Jim Larkin. Uh, This time we're embarking on a retail special where my guest is Scott Robertson, co-founder and director of Creative Retail, a Birmingham based retail specialist which currently sits in the top five in the radius rankings for retail disposals across the whole of the UK. Um, Now as Scott points out, vacant shop units have kind of become a visual shorthand for the wider economic woes of the country, Um, but is the picture for retail as bleak as is often made out? Despite more high profile collapses, most listeners will know from direct experience that f operators in particular uh, came out of lockdown with a huge bang and that many suburban centres that were once the exclusive preserve of vape shops and nail bars are now thriving hubs, alive with independent bars and restaurants. However, with winter approaching and brutal economic hardship on its way, is this simply a short taste of life between the wars of Covid and recession? How does a sector in which evolutionary forces have already been at their most ruthless continue to adapt? retail not only survive but prosper and crucially what help will it need along the way scott hello uh thank you very much for joining us how are you
1: hi jim yeah no very well thank you thanks very much for inviting me on doing good yeah Now, nice the holidays are out of the way and hope you were uh, getting back to normal
0: exactly yeah back to work <laughs> okay yeah indeed um, <laughs> Now, um, this is kind of the first podcast we've done in this series where we're looking specifically at retail. Um, So as a starting point, what's your kind of big picture assessment of the overall health of the sector um, after what's been, a, I guess, a uniquely challenging couple of years? I mean, how bad did things get and how encouraged are you by the adaptability and entrepreneurialism of operators in the sector?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's the it, there's an element of the old mantra, you know, don't believe everything you read in the press. Really, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, vast majority of, of matters, the media media purely focuses on the negative. Um, you know, saw saw an article on the BBC last week. Uh, referring to the recession and, and the accompanying photo was uh, a photo of a person walking past a vacant shop with a to let sign in it so I think it's just it's just associated isn't it with the retail sector is just associated with the um, with, with the overall economy and, and it's always doom and gloom um, you know an, an overarching analysis of the market um, it, it's hard really because high streets are obviously polarized um, some are 100% let some are largely vacant um, There's a, there's a significant north-south divide so you know, you look at north of England, Scotland and Wales, and, and you know, there's, there's obviously still serious problems up there that were in place prior to the pandemic, really. Um, but sort of I, I would say that from our perspective, um, being on the, the sort of coalface of it, um, we've we, we're encouraged you know, by what we've seen over the past couple of years. Obviously, who knows what's around the corner, really, with everything that's going on with the um, in the terms of the wider economy. Um, and, and in the world but um, I think we're, we're in for some, um, some, some other uh, issues in the next uh, six to twelve months um, but um, no on a whole like you say the adaptability um, of, of occupiers has been really impressive
0: excellent okay um yeah we might come back to some of those issues uh, later on but um we'll go back a few years actually back to 2017 which was when you set up creative retail along with ed purcell um what was your background prior to that and what was the gap you saw in the market that made you think you could make a success of it
1: yeah sure uh, so ed and i um uh, both worked in in birmingham um practices i was at uh, a, um, a smaller uh, Birmingham-based practice, retail and leisure, for um, for ten years. Um, Ed was at um, at Cushman's, and um, I think starting personally, starting my own business was always something that I wanted to do. Um, it, it, you know, we, we obviously looked at the, um, the 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 corporate presence in Birmingham, which was lacking, um, and, and the wider Midlands, um, and I think just it was all underpinned by our, uh, the belief in our own ability really. And, and, and feeling that, you know, we had very good relationships with our clients, um, and, um, good relationships with, with, uh, you know, agents and, um, and occupiers as well. So it, I think we had the confidence to, to give it a go. And, um, I think there's always a, a fear that you can, you can get a little bit too comfortable. And, um, uh, you know, I, I was on the, the brink of um, I mean I just got married and we were um well we, we at the time we weren't actually expecting a, a baby but um I think a month after I handed him my notice um my wife announced that she was pregnant so um <laughs> you know th- and that was always in the back of my mind that if you delay it there's always going to be an excuse not to mm-hmm. do it so uh, when there's only two of you to to sort of worry about then um yeah it's not not quite as daunting
0: okay I mean as well as the baby on the way I mean some might have thought that was a pretty bold kind of move in 2017 because you know by then we'd already seen the collapse of you know established names like Woolworths and BHS um, and it was
1: kind of obvious
0: the high street was fundamentally changing. Um, was that a concern or did you see opportunity there?
1: Yeah I mean I, I think I mean I started out in um, in 2007 so it was, it was roughly one year before um, the collapse of Lehman Brothers, you know, so I've never, I personally, I've never really experienced um, boom times, um, you know, so uh, I've always found that, that t- these times of crisis that, that present more opportunities, as you, as you point out, um, and I've had some of my best years um, in terms of performance during these times. Um, COVID was a perfect example, you know, where we, we spent a, a initially a large portion of time brokering deals between landlords and tenants to, to try and keep you know people in occupation um and these situations usually end up with some emerging operators um you know you mentioned Woolworths, and and when when that was um going on it was always the, the sort of pound shop wars um and with covid we have we've seen a real surge in, in the grab and go food market um so i mean our views just you know got to work hard and, and just roll with the punches i think there's certain things that are sort of out of your control really so sure
0: okay now i mean a lot of towns they still have those you know great monolithic bhs or debenhams units kind of still empty um what's your vision for how high streets of the future are going to look i mean is there a place for those big units or is it going to be more about smaller spaces and perhaps you know more independent retail
1: um I, i think that's absolutely right i mean you know you look at um uh, there's, there's lots of different approaches to dealing with some of these, uh, these monoliths of you, as you say, um, you know, the, the Debenhams points out some of these department stores, the, the Debenhams in, in Boring, for instance, um, has been filled. I mean, yes, it's boring, but it's a relocation of the, the M&S um, on High Street in Birmingham. Um, and I think they've got a competitive socializing brand, Toka Social, um, taking the the top floor. Um, we're working on a, another Debenhams store elsewhere, um, where we're looking at converting to, a boutique cinema with some uh, some restaurants um, uh, you know you look at BT's in, in Wolverhampton which has been converted to student accommodation um, and you, you may have seen in the press recently that in the BT's in Birmingham city centre which has been taken by a uh, self-storage company um, so there's lots of different solutions for different problems um, personally yeah I mean I think there's there's been a real surge um, in the from the the independent market and I think that's partly down to Well, in my view, partly down to the fact that people have um, been forced to some degree over the past few years to uh, pursue pipe dreams. You know, there'll be a lot of people who have sat in a nice, comfortable job. Um, COVID comes and, and people are made redundant or possibly people just want to have a change of lifestyle. Um, and they, they decide to, you know, go and open that little bottle bar that they've been dreaming of. And um, so I, I think that that'll be more and more of a thing. Um, and, and therefore um you know the physical size of the properties um yeah that that will that will have to change in in some instances but um the the national uh retail sector has certainly contracted um but i I do think that you know good solid regionals and 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 independents emerging independents will will take their place and that's only going to get stronger
0: okay um now uh you're based in birmingham um and i guess most of your deals are in the west midlands but you've also got uh Properties that you're dealing with, you know, as far south as Yeovil and as far north as Crewe. Yeah. Um Do you see yourself as regional or
1: national? Um, it, I'd say it depends on the um the nature of the instruction. Really, I mean, I think with with um, assets, you know, where you've got shopping centres, um, uh, F and B schemes, leisure parks, drive-throughs, um, y- you tend to be dealing with the same occupiers, um, and and it's the same sort of trading environments, and so success in in those instances uh, can be as much down to relationships as anything else um you know i think if you if you've got a um, cinema scheme um as you say in you know outskirts of, uh, of bristol um and and it's the same lineup um in terms of unit size and demographics etc as, as uh, and, you know another site that we've been dealing up with in, in coventry um you're going to be speaking to the same operators and i think um you know i would never sort of claim to be best placed to advise on a um development of a, a neighborhood center in tunbridge wells for instance um but just mainly because you know there's all there is there is always that element of local expert expertise but i think with certain um certain assets yeah we could we can certainly cover those from a, a nation a nationwide perspective and as as our team grows um i mean it was um there was only a couple of us back in 2017 there's six of us now so I think that just um that that sort of comes with the territory really doesn't it as you get as you get slightly larger you can um you can sort of spread your wings slightly uh, slightly further
0: sure okay no I mean the reason I ask is because you're currently in fifth place on the radius rankings for retail space transacted across the whole of the UK um uh, so I mean that kind of puts you ahead of some pretty major national names um how have you managed this and um what do you feel you're getting right
1: um I, I i think it you know firstly we we really enjoy what we do here you know i think um th- we, we work around the clock uh th- you know, th- i'd say there's probably not a window of four to five hours at any point in time when one of us isn't emailing you know um so you know uh, it's it's we're, we're very we're very efficient um I'm, i think a large part of that comes from working for yourself um and, and knowing that there's no room for error you know that there's certainly a big thing in the early days when when you're there trying to um sort of um, make a name for yourself um we, we i guess we consider ourselves early adopters you know in terms of uh, new marketing methods um and and we we you know, ability to implement those quickly etc but um i think as i mentioned before um uh, that there isn't any corporate uh, representation in, in our region which is which is a massive um plus from our perspective uh, and we and, and it's it goes back to those relationships that we have with with clients and 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 occupiers and agents um and, and hopefully people enjoy working with us
0: okay uh, now um birmingham it recently hosted the commonwealth games which i think turned out to be a much kind of bigger and more joyous occasion than anyone was really expecting um and it was almost kind of a celebration of birmingham um how much has that done to you know boost profile and interest in the city
1: yeah I, I i think it's been absolutely fantastic you know we we went to half a dozen um as a as a business we we took clients and um we went to the um to the rugby to the athletics boxing swimming we we tried to sample as much of it as we could um and the buzz around Birmingham was was fantastic you know um, it, it I think it really has helped put it on the map you know there, there was there was people who I was speaking to whilst, whilst it was going on who um, who were coming up to the city who hadn't been here for 10 years or mm-hmm. ever um, and they had their own sort of set ideas as to what Birmingham was like um, and yeah some of the feedback we were getting from people was um, was fantastic um, you know and the fact that i think it was fairly short notice really from memory i think it was it was originally due to being south africa mm-hmm. i think it was durban and um and so i think the city only had sort of three to four years to prepare for it so uh, the fact that it went so smoothly and was and was sort of done so well um is something that we are really proud of um and yeah i, I think hopefully uh, that will put us on the the radar for uh, other major events um going forward um, cool. But, yeah, so I certainly think it has helped Birmingham's um, profile.
0: Rich stuff. OK. Um, is there a deal uh, you've done so far this year that stands out as being particularly significant? I mean, not necessarily in terms of size, but for what it represents in terms of market
1: confidence or just generally moving things forward? Um, I would say not necessarily one deal in particular, but we've um, we've seen an, an area of New Street, for instance, that we've been working on both myself and, and ed here um the top end of new street uh, next to victoria square that was historically um a bit of a focal point for um a2 operators financial institutions etc um and it, it's been transformed from a lineup where you had um you know a Supercuts and a santander bank west brom building society um to um a, a new sort of food destination so we've um i think in total we've agreed five f and b deals um within the space of a, a r- roughly 50 meters of high street um, which includes um, tortilla yakinori um, gdk um and we've got another deal in the pipeline hopefully that we can we can announce fairly soon um which, um yeah I, th- I think we like I say it's almost created a, a new um, destination to some degree um and that's that's really pleasing to see and, and a lot of these guys were desperate to be up and running in time for the for the games and so um the, the sort of turnaround time there from the point at which we've agreed and, and got the solicitors in, involved um, has been really impressive um so that that's something I think as a, as a business we we're, we're pretty pretty proud to have been involved with
0: Okay. Um, Now, I mean, a lot has been talked about over the last couple of years about the success of the logistics sector, which has obviously benefited from the, you know, enforced switch to online shopping during the pandemic. Um, Was the kind of flip side of that a massive slowdown in demand for traditional bricks and mortar? Or were there kind of certain subsectors that kind of surprised you with how resilient they were and how they bounced back once people were allowed back in shops?
1: Yeah, I I mean, yeah, as, as you say, the the explosion of of e-commerce has has been a fundamental shift in how how people shop today, and um, that the, the pandemic's clearly acted as a bit of a catalyst for that. Um, uh, you know, I, I think in terms of physical retail in particular, um, that that's had to evolve, and, and in order to have a uh, you know viable and, and sustainable presence on the high street, you you now need to create a personalized um, social experience really um, you, you know you look at, um, at Primark um, in the old um, pavilion shopping center in, in Birmingham and now you can eat you can shop you, you know you, you get your hairs and hair and nails done um, and all under one roof um, the, the so there are certain sectors I think the the, the sort of local um, neighborhood centers um, have 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 been really resilient, you know, and certainly in the early days of of the pandemic, back in um, sort of you know March to June 2020, um, that was where we were um, carrying out the the majority of our transactions. Um, You know, I think that resilience um, is very much linked to the the support that was available from both government, government and and then landlords. Um, So if you weren't able to trade. Um, you were solely reliant on your landlord and then that that's you know <laughs> that's just up to the gods really because it really depends on um who your landlord is um but uh, but yeah, certainly the, the the local um town centers and, and neighborhood um centers is, is, was was something that was really um really popular from um the in the early stage of the pandemic Sure. Okay. Um, Now, a couple
0: of months back, uh, Amazon admitted it had, you know, expanded its warehousing capabilities too quickly and was putting plans for new space on hold. Um, Do you think we might be approaching some sort
1: of plateau in the public's appetite for online shopping? Um, I I think it was inevitable that, you know, that that was going to be a thing and and that it would slow down when people were allowed to back out to, you know, experience real life um i i'd say that amazon and, and some of the others have, have just failed to adjust their expansion programs really to to reflect that um but you know i, I think that's a, a minor misjudgment to be fair and i i expect it will soon be realigned um and and i don't there's always going to be peaks and troughs aren't there and i i think you know when when nobody's allowed out to to shop you're always going to see a spike on in, in that side and that side of things um but I, I do think that it in terms of plateau um i think it's only going to get popular to be honest with you jim um mm, fair enough. I mean i was i was in i was in um i was in northwest lakes um about 2 weeks ago and we were driving around a country road and i think i saw about 15 amazon delivery vans um in a real remote part of uh, of the lake district so right. um you know I, I don't think um jeff bezos has got anything to worry about <laughs>
0: i don't know i mean i feel like there are drawbacks to online shopping like you know you order something and it's the wrong size and it just sits around your house clogging it up
1: yeah yeah i think there's there's obviously certain um operators who have got that down to a fine you know the the the, the sort of returns process and all that sort of things whereas you know others it's a it's a lot more it's a lot more difficult um but you know me personally i think you you, once you find out and you know what brands um you, you know you like and and the fit etc it's just so easy isn't it um, yeah. and we're also we're also busy uh, these days um it, it, you know it, it is a it is a massive thing i'm not a very good advocate for um physical you know physical retail to be to be honest.
0: <laughs> well you know let's let's say there's a market for both yeah. okay um, now um it's probably a bit of an understatement to say that during the lockdown or during the most severe phases of lockdown, people really miss, you know, going to the pub and got quite sick of their own cooking. Um, did that pent up demand mean that, you know, the F&B sector returned with
1: an absolute vengeance? You know, almost like the whole thing was a blessing and a really good disguise. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, there was a, a massive um, amount of pent up demand for um, for dining out and, you know, some of the the ones who were able to um, uh, to survive. I mean, obviously, there's been a number of businesses um, that, that have failed as a result of everything that happened and the restrictions that were in place. Um, but I would say that that those that have survived um, have, um, have have really had some some fantastic um, you know 12, 18 months worth of trade. Um, I, th- I think you know what's around the corner with with everything that's like I say that's going on with with CO2 prices and and etc. You know energy cost of living. It's it's just going to be another disaster from um, certainly from you know the, the, the likes of the breweries. Um, so it, it just seems that these guys can't catch a break. Um, but yeah, in in, in terms of uh, that that initial um, out of the blocks um, after um, the restrictions were were dropped. Um, yeah, I think I think you only have to look at some of the transactions that have taken place um, so in, in Birmingham city centre. You know, specific to us, um, uh, people have been snapping space up um, quicker than ever um, and paying some some fairly um, chunky rents um, to do so. Sure. Okay. Um, Do you feel like we've seen
0: quite a big change in, you know, I guess what is called secondary retail markets? Um, You know, places that say five years ago, they were kind of fertile soil only for nail bars and vape shops and things that generally felt like a front for something. Um, We're now seeing, you know, nice things like sort of craft beer bars or pizza restaurants opening. Um, Have you noticed that kind of across your area?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, as you say, you can have some areas where you've got two or three nail bars you've got a couple of Turkish barbers you know mobile phone stores and um it just it was a really stale um environment and we've we've been working on a um an asset uh, in a in a Birmingham suburb where it's where it has been transformed really so it's gone from the type of lineup that I've just described to now we've got um you know a, a nice sort of boutique gym we've got three or four um independent restaurants all of whom, you know whom sort of complement one another so you know we've got a pizzeria a mediterranean outfit we've got um you know a uh, an italian so it, it, you know it's it's it, it certainly has um improved the sort of tenant mix in a lot of respects um and i think there's again going back to what we were saying earlier about people um been a lot more entrepreneurship and and um people being forced into maybe opening businesses that they previously hadn't had only sort of considered a pipe dream and um and i think people want to do that close to home where it's um where they know the the market and it's in most scenarios it's cheaper
0: Definitely. OK, good stuff. OK, um, now, uh, winter is very much coming, um, <clears throat> which kind of is a phrase that only Game of Thrones fans <laughs> used to say. Uh, but um, no, well. now it's something that's kind of worrying millions of households in the UK in terms of rising energy costs. How much ability do you think they've got to help the commercial sector um, with its energy costs? Because I think there have been predictions from some quarters that, you know, as many of, as seven out of 10 pubs could close. You know, do you think we're facing a situation as, ap- as
1: apocalyptic as that? Um i think yeah i think it's i think it's pretty bad and, and i mean i've already heard um you know murmurings from and and direct um conversations with with some um pub companies um and, and smaller sort of mid-sized regional operators who um who you know they're in serious trouble already um we'll we'll see whether um liz trusts you know <laughs> whether she can help but you know i'm not um naive and I think you know to think that, that we've got this bottomless uh, pit of um, finances available to, to help support businesses when we've just you know come out the back of a, a pandemic um, yeah it, it's it's going to be really tough I don't know what assistance they're going to be able to offer um, hopefully you know they they, they will and, and it'll it'll help but I, I don't oh, I can't see how yeah you know, that the government can afford um to make up the difference really i mean i heard one example of a i think it was tom Kerridge um in the news where he said his outgoings on his you know, on one of his pubs had gone from something like 70k to 460 grand or something like wow. um and you know clearly if you you multiply that um across the across that sector um yeah it it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting um so uh, hopefully the government can help out, but uh, time will tell. And, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether the, the, the assistance that they they can and will provide will, will suffice. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are kind of
0: other factors at play, which it's probably less easy for the government to remedy in terms of things like inflation and a looming recession. Um, how tough do you think things are going to get for the retail sector? And is there anything that smart retailers can do about it?
1: um i mean you know again like i said earlier we, we um, I, ed and i started up back in sort of you know um, before the financial crash and so uh, you know that i remember at that point in time people were um sort of you know there was the harbinger of doom sort of saying well this this could be it you know this could be terminal and um people you know people always seem to uh, muddle through yes there, there will be there will be casualties um and a, a lot of those will be out of people's control um but i, I think that you know that there will be those who survive and that, that, that you know i think when you look at the pandemic and some of the retailer casualties um uh, you know, some of those occupiers were retailers who hadn't really evolved and they were already seeing strong competition from online platforms you know um if you look at um, Arcadia and um you know bright house for instance and these these kind of retailers who were in trouble prior to that um that you will get more of those um who who will end up um folding i expect but um you know uh, prudent well managed um businesses who have uh, who have um, you know managed to um put some funds away um hopefully um will be able to survive and, and flourish, you know. Once um, hopefully things have stabilised, but it, you know, it's hard. To, it, it's really hard to say, isn't it? Because this is completely different to any kind of um, crisis that we've we've faced in the past. Sure. Okay. Um, where would you like, or where would you hope the the broader
0: retail sector to be in, say, you know, five years when we're hopefully in calmer economic waters? Um, and what help does it need to get there? I mean, there's been a talk about you know scrapping business rates, for example. Would measures like that help?
1: um yeah i mean i, I think um y- you you talk about the the, sc- the scrapping of business rates and um you know i know that some of um some of labor's policies that they've they've, they've proposed in terms of um you know more regular more frequent revaluations and instant reductions in bills and, and stuff when property values fall that would be a serious help um how this um simultaneous response would work in reality I'm not sure but it would certainly boost activity um you know I, th- I think it you look at local councils um I could give you count- countless examples of where um, that support has been lacking um it really does need interjection and, and collaboration with um with local authorities and, and from a national government level um I mean you look at the Stockton on Tees is a perfect example where the where the council purchased the town centre shopping centre um, to repurpose, restore and, uh, and and reconfigure the the heart of the town. Um, and we've got similar, albeit smaller examples of that um, on on assets that we're, we're working on for clients where, like I say, we're looking at taking back um, former de- department store um, and converting it into something much more exciting, hopefully. Um, and the council have been very supportive um of that sort of both in terms of the uh, the idea of it and hopefully the um with the financial support um so you know i i think in general the the retail market in five years time the the key to it is maintaining a good you know variety of of a good mix of the 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 operators like i said before the, the the nail bars and the the barber shops mobile phone repair shops it it, it just doesn't um, it's not conducive to a to a strong high street um but at the same time it's it's tricky to dictate to landlords what they can do with their property you know you can't if you've got um, somebody coming along with them offering you a a very strong deal um uh, but it's not the use that you want to see um then you, you just got to put yourself in in the the owner's shoes really mm. um but, yeah, I mean, I think the the whole um, uh, living where you, um, you know, shopping where you live, et cetera, and all that side of things, um, it, it all ties into local authority investment, really, and, and improvement of urban spaces and, and that side of things. So, yeah, I, ideally, there's more collaboration between um, landlords, institutions and, and local authority. But um, that's, that's been said for some time
0: excellent okay um and just finally then because i think we're pretty much out of time um you've signed up as a radius data partner um which means you kind of get to benchmark your performance and see how you're doing compared to the rest of the radius community um how useful is that and how do you find using it
1: um yeah it's a it's a really useful tool for a for us as a business um you know the, the data is key to what we do um um and we've obviously had experiences with, with numerous platforms. Um we we find Radius offers us um you know re- a really important service. It's quite you know good in, in a motivational sense to be to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um I know that I know that there are other agents out there who uh who keep track of you know the rankings and they hear from them quite you know, quite regularly off the back of the uh the results last year. Um, you know, there are others who um pretend that they're they you know, they have not got time for it but um yeah i, I think it's i think it's great i, I really do um and, it, and like i say if, if nothing else it's um it's a great motion uh, motivational tool um so um yeah it's certainly something that we um we we were really um, keen to use and, and keep going forward
0: perfect okay well on that happy note i think we'll bring things to a close scott thank you ever so much for your time that was great brilliant thanks jim appreciate your time thanks a lot